use to make my life a little easier. My I keep my writing utensils visible right above my desk. My computer cord lives next to the sofa that I use my computer on most of the time. Bags are right near the door, as well as a charging dock where most phone and accessory cords live, and that is pretty centrally located in the house, so it's easily accessed from anywhere. My box of school items, which I'll explain further in further detail in a different episode, lives right next to my desk. The clipboard for doing work outside of my desk is at the door of my room, hanging where it's visible and accessible as I'm leaving to go work someplace else. This removes the steps of finding items and returning them to their homes, which significantly increases my productivity. Now, putting the system in place can start to feel really overwhelming, so start by changing small things, a little bit at a time. Maybe you happen to stop at Target, so you pick up a hook to hang some pot holders where they can be seen and they can be more accessible. Maybe you have a specific place that you always like to charge your phone, so you leave a charger there to live right there. By making these little changes, you can increase your productivity by a lot. Now, eventually, a good chunk of your house can easily be transformed into this system, but it starts by just changing small, little things. Overall, this system is super helpful. This is probably my favorite out of the three. To recap, I used three pretty simple ways to make my space work for my neurotype, including visible organization, not stressing about the mess, and logical object placement. Feel free to try these tips out. They may be super helpful for you. I want to remind you, these are just tools I use, so I don't guarantee they'll work for your brain, but they might help. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Differing Neurotypes, titled building an effective workspace. Hi, and welcome to Differing Neurotypes, the show that details the ways one divergent person tries to make their life a little easier in a neurotypical world while not harming their brain or their soul. I'm your host, Claire McDenna. And today, we're going to talk about building an effective, neurodiverse workspace. We'll discuss the ins and outs of making your workspace work for you. Our first topic to talk about today is using visible organization. Neurodivergent brains often have problems with object permanence. It means we don't remember things exist unless we are looking at them, their inner field of view. If we can't see it, we forget it exists. This causes a lot of problems in a lot of ways but especially in not remembering where the tools are or that we even have the tool. To complete a task, making that task more difficult to complete. To fix this, for myself, I organize the tools I need often for school projects where I can see them. I have hanging wall organizers on my desk that are little buckets from Ikea that hang on a rod. That's where all my gum is for school, that's where my note cards, all sorts of pens, pencils, anything I need right there. I also use hooks that are on that same thing that holds key rings of cards that I have. I've got a little another organizer that holds some more materials. I also have labeled spots on my desk where things go. 
I have a piece of painter's tape lined up where my stapler goes, where my hole punch goes, where the lamp on the desk goes, so that things that aren't supposed to live forever on the desk don't have to live forever on the desk. I also, for school, I have a box and it has an open tray in it, which means that in that tray is all of the small materials I use for school and I can see everything laid out right in that tray. When I tuck things away, like in a backpack, I forget to use my tools and so I'll end up searching around the house for scissors or for a pencil or for my calculator and that will derail my start time. It will take me way longer to complete the task that I'm trying to complete than it should. Things you can do to help use visual organization in your own space. Hanging organizers can be super helpful because they let you see the things in your space. Examples might include hooks or buckets that go on the wall or other types of shelving. The important thing with anything on your wall is that you must be able to see all of the items that you are needing to use. Another way to organize your things so that you can see the items you need is to label spots on your desk for specific items, such as your stapler, your pencil sharpener, or a lamp that might need to live on the desk. The best way to do this, in my opinion, is to use a piece of masking tape or painter's tape and a sharpie. You cut the painter's tape to the length of the object and you just stick that down, it won't harm the work surface, but and it will be easy to change if you decide to change your spacing around, but it will stay as long as it needs to. If you choose to group items that are used for specific settings or purposes, such as a school set of items or a set of items for work, and you use a container such as a box or a backpack to keep these organized, you might want to use a flat tray or another type of flatter, flatter box to keep your things organized but visible. Using a tray or a clear pencil box will allow things to stay flat and visible so that items don't go missing, but they can stay more contained in the container that that box or tray lives in. Hopefully using a visible organization system will help you lose track of your items less and have an easier start to getting started on work or projects. Our next segment will be about don't stress about the mess. Neurodiverse brains, specifically ADHD and autistic brains, may have a hard time with transitions, either struggling to stop a task or getting distracted when a break in the task occurs. This means leaving your workspace to clean or putting things away may mean that that task doesn't get done for a while. Due to the neurotype, this can mean we end up with a messy workspace and a bunch of completed nice tasks or a bunch of partially done tasks, but our workspace still looks nice. Neither of these are totally helpful for a healthy work session. However, since there's no way to directly combat either of these, you have to choose the lesser of the two evils. Personally for me, this means letting the mess happen. When I let things clutter up a little bit, I get more work done way more efficiently which in turn actually ends up making cleaning and decluttering my space a whole lot easier. 
if I hyperfixate on cleaning my space after all of my work is done, I don't feel guilty afterwards for because my work is still done and I still got my space nice and clean. I space my work sessions out so that in between sessions, such as a change between subjects or if I have to get up and get some food, when I do that, when I get up, I will put away writing utensils that I don't need anymore, a notebook that I'm not using anymore, any food or former dishes that I don't need to have out on my desk anymore, water bottles, etc. In my decluttering, I might also close down any extra tabs open on my computer so that my computer isn't wasting its battery and Wi-Fi to be running things that I'm no longer using. Now, as I said, this system is a lesser of two evils type of thing. If the clutter on your space is going to seriously distract you and be more distracting than that break in your task, it's not worth trying to use this system. It will only work if that mess and that clutter won't further disrupt your working. I live in a very neurodiverse household and uh, my younger sibling is a really good example of someone who this system works quite well for. They can have about seven books piled in front of them from schoolwork and only be paying attention to the one on top. The layers underneath will not affect them at all. Because they can so effectively block out that extra clutter on their desk, getting up to put things away every single time that they had a new material to put away would not be very effective for them, which is why this system is definitely the lesser of two evils for them. The biggest issue with this system is making sure that the tasks get done on those breaks and so you don't have dishes pile up, you don't have 17 water bottles on your desk. That's the part I definitely struggle the most with and I think that is just generally the biggest roadblock in this system. system we will be talking about today is logical object placement. Logical object placement means that you are placing objects in the places they are most likely to be used. For a lot of neurodivergent people it takes a lot of energy to put things away and keep things organized, so one of the easiest systems that I've heard of for neurodivergent people to use is placing things where they're most likely to be used. Forgetting where things are is a big issue, at least for me, and it makes getting started on tasks take exponentially longer if you have to find five missing items rather than only one. This system is pretty self-explanatory, so instead of further explaining it, I'm just going to give you some examples of things that I use to make my life a little easier. My I keep my writing utensils visible right above my desk. My computer cord lives next to the sofa that I use my computer on most of the time. Bags are right near the door, as well as a charging dock where most phone and accessory cords live, and that is pretty centrally located in the house, so it's easily accessed from anywhere. My box of school items, which I'll explain further in further detail in a different episode, lives right next to my desk. The clipboard for doing work outside of my desk is at the door of my room, hanging where it's visible and accessible as I'm leaving, to go work someplace else. This removes the steps of finding items and returning them to their homes, which significantly increases my productivity. Now, 
Putting the system in place can start to feel really overwhelming, so start by changing small things, a little bit at a time. Maybe you happen to stop at Target, so you pick up a hook to hang some potholders where they can be seen and they can be more accessible. Maybe you have a specific place that you always like to charge your phone, so you leave a charger there to live right there. By making these little changes, you can increase your productivity by a lot. Now, eventually, a good chunk of your house can easily be transformed into this system, but it starts by just changing small, little things. Overall, this system is super helpful. This is probably my favorite out of the three. To recap, I used three pretty simple ways to make my space work for my neurotype, including visible organization, not stressing about the mess, and logical object placement. Feel free to try these tips out. They may be super helpful for you. I want to remind you, these are just tools I use, so I don't guarantee they'll work for your brain, but they might help. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Differing Neurotypes, titled Building an Effective Workspace.